Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Kings fans and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com and also proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Scott Kinville and uh, it's happy time in uh, LA Kings land again. Everybody's happy. Feels so good, doesn't it? Uh, we're going to we're gonna talk about that, but before I, we do, I want to bring in my co-hosts, my bandmates as I always call them. First of all, the leader of Hockey Royalty. He is the guy that, I, like I said last week, and I think it describes it the best, Leads us into the charge of the hockey journalistic battles every week and that day and year and whatever you have. He is the one. He is the only. He is Mr. Ryan Sykes. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Scott. Still riding the high after last night's win. How are you doing? Yeah, well, pretty much. I don't want to come down either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And anyways, the other part of this trio of L.A. Kings power here. You know him as the Prince of PDO. He is the Count of Corsi. He is the Emperor of all things analytics. He is Mr. Russell Morgan. What's going on, Russ? What's up, guys? Yeah, the, the sun is out, the birds are chirping, and the Kings are playing good hockey. It's fun times in L.A. Isn't it, though? This is yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. Feels good. <laughs> Russ, Feels the, good to be sun, back. the sun is not out here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know where well, you guys are. Well, it is here, Russ, so don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. You know, I've mentioned before that we are a, a cross-country production, if you will. Uh, you got Russ out there right in the shadow of the Crypto.com arena. Ryan is holding down the fort in the Windy City, and I am, of course, I'm in upstate New York. So I was actually fortunate enough to be able to go out to Buffalo to see the game Sunday. And it's nice because for us, it's about a three-and-a-half-hour drive from where we live. Uh, two things duly noted. Number one, I got to actually meet in person the co-host of the Hockey Rain, or I'm sorry, Making It Rain uh, podcast, 
Mr. Joe Paterino. And I got to tell you, man, he is a great guy. We had such a good time. Quick, funny story before we get going. So sure. I had, I had seats three rows back from the ice right next to the King's bench. Right. So I'm, I'm texting back and forth with Joe, you know, I'm like, he's like, where, where, where are you? And where am I? Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, I think I'm in, I'm in a suite. He goes, but I think I'm up above section 209. So I'm looking all around now. Keep in mind, and I really feel sorry because the arena was kind of half empty. <laughs> but so it made it easier to spot Joe because Joe had the old uh, form blue and gold Luke Robitaille sweater on. So I see him up there in this suite and I'm like, oh, that's got to be him. Right. So I text him, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I asked, are you wearing a Robitaille jersey? He's like, yeah. So I start waving like this, you know, and he's looking down like, where is that idiot? You know? <laughs> <laughs> And he spots me, so we met up for a drink in between periods, and it was it was super cool. So that's awesome. Um, it is good for I, Joe rocking the old uh, form and blue uh, Robitaille jersey. I like he it was he was. You know, Scott, it, did you guys stay overnight? No, we didn't no. because my wife and I had to work the next day. Ah. So it was three and a half hours out and three and a half hours back. And the worst, you know what? We made kind of a, a mistake because we should have just eaten at the arena. We were like, oh, no, we're going to go get something to eat afterwards, and we'll take our time coming back because our daughters didn't want to go. So you think we could find a place that was open, believe it or not, around an arena on a Sunday evening? It was a nightmare. <laughs> huh. So we ended up eating a Sabaro in a mall. Best slices in the city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it, was, it, was, it was kind of made for a long ride, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But other true, real quick funny story, too, because I got to sit that close to the King's bench. I got to watch Drew Doughty's facial expressions during the game. And I have to tell you guys something that would be a YouTube channel in itself. (laughs) That man is having fun. 100% of the time he is out on the ice It is so great to actually, I I did. I spent like almost a full period just kind of looking over what's, what's Drew doing now? What's Drew doing now? (laughs) Yeah. If the Kings were able to have Drew Doughty mic'd up every game, that'd be must watch television. Oh yeah. No doubt. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. So, guys, let's let's talk about that game. I want to get your perspective because from where I was sitting, the only bad part about those seats was I kind of had to watch some of the game up on the video board because we were almost mm-hmm. too close. And I had to look around the, the Kings bench, which, you know, how are you going to tell the LA Kings? Hey, down in front. I'm trying to watch the game. <laughs> I didn't run here, you know. So, yes. Quick, can you sit down, please? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. You see those pictures I sent you guys? Yeah. yeah yes. That's how close we were. But anyways, what did you guys think? The, the Buffalo game? Uh yeah. Relatively low event, I would say. You know, obviously just the one goal before the two empty netters, but not a whole lot of work for Cal Peterson. Um, I think he had, what, 19 saves. Uh, He had the huge save on Tage Thompson towards the end of the first period that kind of would have swung the momentum in Buffalo's favor um, going into the intermission and obviously the second period. But, yeah, it was good to – to get the win and um russ you had the stat uh in terms of wins in buffalo what was it i think that was only their second win in buffalo since 2003 um <laughs> yeah, yeah i, I know, think because this is the last time we went like, out there yeah like, yeah like the last time they i think it was like two years ago they finally got a win but before that they hadn't won there in like 10 years so i mean yeah when you're looking at trying to play a road game in buffalo at one o'clock buffalo or Eastern time. So an early game from an LA standpoint, I mean, you're kind of expecting just to really play a good systematic game, especially against the, uh, the Buffalo Sabres team, who's pretty much kind of down in their dumps right now. 
Um, and that's exactly what the Kings played. They played a, a perfect system, systemic game. Um, Cal Peterson stood on his head when he needed to, but he only had to make 19 saves. So, I mean, it was pretty much like I think I'd mentioned that the Kings just really needed one goal just to kind of give them confidence that they would be able to take the game. And that, that finally came off the stick of Athens CU at the end of the second period. So that was mm-hmm. good to see. And then the, finally the two empty netters, just perfect type of game that you want to see uh, Kings play on the road and, and going into Buffalo. Yeah, definitely. That Athanasio goal happened right in front of us, too. That was so cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, observations, that first period, I mean, I know the Kings outshot the Sabres quite handily, but honestly, the Sabres actually had more high-danger chances. They did. Mm-hmm. Even though they didn't get that many shots, that game really, really could have been two or three to nothing at the end of the first period if it wasn't for Cal Peterson. Yeah, I really like – you. We. The Sabres have been kind of bagged on the last couple of years, especially with the whole Eichel thing. But I really like the, the group and the core they're starting to build around. I mean, Alex Tuck, I've, I've talked about him mm-hmm. on end. I think he's one of the better players, and I thought he was a really good piece to get in return for Eichel. And then you add Peyton Krebs, and you have players like Tage Thompson, who's – I didn't realize how big that kid is. Yeah. You know, he's huge. I mean, especially <laughs> – he's just like lanky big. Yeah. But he's able to move the – he's able to move around the ice really well. He's kind of got like a Quentin Byfield kind of skating aspect to him. So that was, that's good to see. So, I mean, and you have Rasmus Dahlin on the back end. So the Sabres have a really good core to build around and they're a good team. They had beat some good teams. I think mm-hmm. before, I think they just beat the like the Maple Leafs a couple of days before yeah. that and the wild and, and the wild. Yeah. So they had been playing pretty good hockey. So for the Kings to go in there and shut them out um, and kind of really just, limit a lot of opportunities that they were able to get throughout the whole game. That was, that was a good showing from LA. Oh, sure. It was. I mean, we were actually sitting by a Sabres intern and I turned, I said to him, I go after Thompson skated by us, I go, Hey, are you guys sure Vince McMahon's not going to sign him for WWE? Don't get comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> he is massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously the, the, what came out of that was the injury concern to Victor Arvidsson. Um, on the other side of the bench, it was unfortunate to see Alex Tuck go face first into the goal. Oh, yeah. I think it was more of his shoulder, but uh, I'll say head first into it. Yeah, definitely. And I will say that the Sabres fans have definitely taken a liking to Alex Tuck. Um, you know, I mean, you know, we used to talk about this endlessly about the Jack Eichel saga and, and all that. But uh, I can tell you just from talking with fans out there, they've washed their hands of him. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they're actually, and rightfully so, very happy with the return they got. So mm-hmm. and that's good for them to be able to move on from all that, really. But you're right. I mean, hopefully, you know, Arvidsson's not going to be out too long because that would hurt. I, I initially couldn't figure out what happened to him because um, he kind of just like buckled and then went like face first into the board. So it's like, so did he have a concussion? You know, it was like he ended up catching an edge on the skate and it's just kind of. True. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing because it was kind of like happened out of nowhere almost. I mean, he just yeah. yeah, he was turning. He was real no contact with anybody, so he was turning, and then he kind of just fell into the board. So I thought immediately, is it his shoulder? Did he get kind of get dazed a little bit? And then they had mentioned on the telecast that he was favoring his right side or his right leg, I guess. So my immediate thought was that it was possibly maybe a groin injury. Because I mean, when you're trying to turn like that and mm-hmm. trying to turn your legs and you catch an a- edge, so possibly maybe his upper half of his leg didn't really go the way he wanted to and kind of pulled something right there. So I think it's it's it was probably good today that 
no news, I guess, is good news on Victor Arvidsson yeah. front because I mean the Kings had just placed uh, Brendan Lemieux and IR who got hurt yeah. in the Columbus game. So for right. them not to maybe move Arvidsson to the IR either, maybe that's good news going forward, and we'll see at practice if he's able to join the team tomorrow. Well, not to be a Debbie Downer, but no IR for now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's and that's kind of why I say like no news is good news for right. The, for right now for Arvidsson. Right. Absolutely. Well, guys, after they got done shutting out the Buffalo Sabres, they headed further east and uh, were looking for a little revenge last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know what happened last Monday night at home against Boston. We're not going to relive that. We're not going to talk about that. Or again. <laughs> May mention it one time. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it's, it's all over now. It's part of the story. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Uh, so, anyways, they, uh, they played the Bruins at the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts last night. And what a game. What a game that was. Uh, a gutty, gutty performance by the LA Kings. Uh, won it 3-2 to two in overtime on, guess who, Andreas Athanasiu with another big goal. Another game-winning goal, really, when you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys surprised that Cal Peterson got uh, the second start for two nights in a row? I was. Yeah, I I was certain that they were going to go with Jonathan Quick. You know, I, someone even asked Russ and I uh, – in a, in a tweet, and I was like, it's probably quick tonight, you know, the goalie rotation. But I see it twofold, kind of Cal Peterson didn't get a lot of work the previous night uh, against Buffalo. And then Jonathan Quick also gave up five goals against the Bruins. Yeah, his, his confidence yeah. kind of shaken still from that game you know, against that team, I'll say. Um, but, yeah, it was good to see Cal Peterson get the back-to-back I mean, we've talked about it several times on here that maybe more work is good for him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, his numbers in the past, what, 15 games are unbelievable. Really? Really since after the Christmas break, you know, the uh, forget who posted it, but uh, Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson have kind of gone in two different directions. Yeah, Cal was a Christmas present to us. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Russ? Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Ryan, because I think the consistency we've talked about this is what Cal really needed. And we saw him being a really good to elite goaltender last year when he was getting a lot of playing time. And early in the year, maybe the 50-50 split kind of har- like hampered him a bit in terms of being a consistent uh, quality goaltender. And now since January 1st, he's been nothing but amazing for the Kings. I mean, yeah, he's a little shaky at times, but his record has been great. So if they're winning games, it's really all that matters. Um, but I think with the Boston um, game, I mean, it was just, I mean, we've, we look back at the game in Pittsburgh when we had Austin Strand and Jake Moverari just come in out of nowhere and they win the game. But going back to the Columbus game earlier in the trip where Victor Arvidsson just goes off and they come back there. But man, it's, I think just, there's nothing really that compares to what the Kings went through in Boston last night. I mean, you lose all, you lose Brendan Lemieux, you lose Victor Arvidsson, who just comes off a hat trick, and then you lose Mikey Anderson um, in the first period, and he doesn't come back the rest of the game. And you still are still are able to pull out a gutty, gritty effort and pull out two points on the road in Boston of all places. It's mm-hmm. just just an an outstanding effort from LA, and it just makes you like almost proud to be rooting for the team because you're, you're seeing a lot of resiliency from this team that you haven't really seen in yeah. the past couple of seasons in quite some time, actually. But the player that I have to look at is Andreas Athanasiu because he's just really kind of stepped up. And, he's yeah, he's been, he's been scratched. 
you kind of got that one scratch. It was that Anaheim game where Carl Grunstrom kind of got the start out of nowhere. It wasn't really because of injury or anything. And it was just kind of trying to bring a little bit of a, a jolt to the lineup a little bit at the cost of Athanasiu. But he's been return. He's returned and he's been playing great. And last night he played eighteen forty two, which is actually the highest amount of ice time he's had in a Kings uniform this, in in his career so far. So, and he's earned it. He's been playing great, and it, it's not just him too. It's also players like secondary players like Oli Madu, who's had a great game. Trevor yeah. Moore, who's been who's been nothing but amazing this season. Carl Grunstrom, who had a great game. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it was better, or I guess you you you're happy to see from a Kings standpoint, is you're not seeing players like Kempe, Kopitar, Dowdy step up to win games. You're seeing those type of players win games for the Kings, and that's kind of why you're expecting this team to be a good team going forward and possibly make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, you know what else I noticed last night, too? Uh, Todd McClellan made the trip all the way across country just to <laughs> coach the one game. Yeah. Actually, I think that speaks volumes to his team, mm-hmm. right? Because if you think about it, he could have just kind of mailed it in and said, okay, guys, well, I'm just going to wait for you guys to get back. You got one more game. I'll see you back in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, that, that speaks volumes that he actually got on the plane, flew all the way across country. I believe it was Alex Fox that uh, mentioned on the, the broadcast last night that he got in late. So he was still there for his team. And I think that just that goes a long way in, in galvanizing not only just the players, but the coach and the players. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Scott. That I mean, I've fully expected like yeah, if he comes back and he gets he's he's healthy enough to come back, I'm sure it won't be till Thursday when they play at home. But for him to make that cross country trip and to be with the team um that's been on this long like slog of a road trip losing on players on in- injuries i think that shows a lot about his commitment to the team and trying to better the team i mean obviously he's a head coach and he wants them to win but he's a part of this group and, the, and the, i think the team is starting to buy into his system and buy in buy into him being um the head coach and being a good leader for the team too oh there's no doubt about that absolutely no doubt um but you know as great as that game was um we didn't escape the injury bug Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Mikey Anderson uh, tried to come back. It was at the first period, really, that injury happened. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, uh, it was a collision with Brad Marchand, and um, you know, I know Foxy was talking about you know possibly being an interference call. It was a close call. I mean, it kind of goes going for go, yeah, both going for the puck. Right, that could have gone either way. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't so much upset as you know the non no interference call. Uh, but if Mikey Anderson's going to be missing time, that's going to really hurt guys because, I mean, this kid's been lights out as far as buckling down on his defensive game, and he's been a completely and totally solid contributor and obviously a main part of that defensive core now. Um, I guess the best we can hope for is that we don't hear those dreaded injured reserve. Right, especially at this stage of the season. Exactly. So what's your thoughts on that, Russ? Yeah, it's 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 tough to see because it seems like both Arvidsson and Anderson had one of their better games of the seasons with the Kings, and then the next games they go down. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Buffalo game, Mikey Anderson, I, I said it's one of the best games of his career. He was involved offensively and he was strong defensively. And the the collision, I didn't think it was really anything malicious in terms of the collision from Marshan. Mm-hmm. I think it was just two people coming together fighting for a loose puck. Um, when I saw it, I, I had heard or I thought maybe he had lost his wind. Maybe he had the wind knocked out of him. And that's kind of what I thought when he originally came back. But then when he left again, I was thinking maybe he bruised some ribs. I've seen 
injuries and collisions like that happen before where players think they can come back and it starts to actually hurt a little bit more um, throughout the game. So, right. I mean, with the long road trip, the Kings have two days off until their next game on Thursday. I'm sure it's just it's just better just to kind of be cautious with him right now. I mean, with going into Boston, I wasn't really expecting much in terms of a, a outcome for the Kings in terms of a win. I mean, we're especially coming off the seven zero loss last week. You're kind of just hoping maybe for a point, and then the the win was just great in itself. But yeah, it's it's just better to be cautious and try to keep players healthy because right now, I mean, the Kings are a playoff team. That's what it looks like right now. So you have sure. to have players healthy come come uh, April. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I'll be honest with you too. Given who it was that he collided with, I I hit the rewind button a couple times just to see if I could see an elbow or a butt end or something. <laughs> something had to have happened. It's Brad Marchand that was involved, right? And mm-hmm. I have to say I was wrong. It was just just one of those hockey plays. It had yep. You know, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything to add to that. It's just kind of an unfortunate collision. Um, yeah, it was good to see him make an attempt to come back, but we'll see what happens here in the coming days. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, so – Let's take a quick commercial break. We're going to get a word in from our friends at DraftKings. And when we come back, let's talk about some players that could maybe come up from Ontario to replace the uh, the injured players that we have mentioned. And we'll take a look ahead at the schedule coming up. We'll be right back. All right. Here's our message from our friends at DraftKings. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21-plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsibility gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpq.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369. And we're back with more of the Hockey Royalty Podcast. Everybody's still in such a good mood, though. It's so nice. It's amazing what two big wins in a row will do. (laughs) Oh, yeah, when you're seven points ahead of the Oilers with only one game for them in hand, it feels pretty good two weeks from the deadline. Just watching them. (laughs) I don't know know how many uh, people expected that, so that's uh, a good season. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but you know what? We got, the, like we were talking, we got some injuries, so we got some issues we're going to have to deal with of our own. Um, for right now, the replacements are going to have to come from in-house. So let's start looking at some of these uh, the guys that might have to be replaced for a few games. And I'll tell you what, let's start with Brendan Lemieux. Um, 
my personal opinion, he's going to be harder to replace than people think because he brings something unique to the team that there isn't a lot of in the organization right now. And that's the ability to rough it up, really. I mean, let's just be perfectly honest with you. Uh, you know, guys like Curtis McDermott are gone. You know, you do have to have that one guy that, that's going to be that sandpaper grit, drop the gloves when necessary, and also be able to contribute to actually playing hockey instead of just being a slug out there, which Brendan Lemieux has certainly proven that he can play the game. So looking at the Ontario roster, Ryan, what do we, who do we think is going to come up to replace Brendan Lemieux if need be? Uh, I'm going to actually answer that differently, Scott. I think he's already on the roster. I think it's Carl Grundstrom. Um, Interesting. He, he filled that role last night, and I thought he filled it quite well. Um, similar style. It obviously doesn't fight as much, but he's, he had a huge hit on Tomas uh, Nosik mm-hmm. um, right into the boards. Uh, and it, it reminded me of his hit on Bo and Byram in Byram's debut uh, last season. Just kind of a, a real <laughs> – just rattled him against the boards. Um, mm-hmm. And he provides some offense too. I think uh, I think he'll do just fine. All right, Ross, who do you think? Yeah, I really like that take because, I mean, I mean, we think about Carl or Brendan Lemieux. We, we see all the fights and the biting and all, all, the, all, the, all the extra <laughs> Did we see come, the biting though, Ross? Yeah, all, all the extracurriculars <laughs> that come with it. But, yeah, I think Carl Grunstrom would be a great replacement for Lemieux. I mean, he doesn't really fight as much as, uh, as Brendan does, but he does bring that – physical aspect to the game but yeah that crunch that uh hit that he had against no man i mean it's just powerful it's just power mm-hmm. is what the first word that came to my mind because it just looked like it hurt really but yeah if he's able to bring that physical presence um to the bottom six of the king's lineup that's something that um would be helpful in terms of replacing lemieux um, I mean, we saw Adrian Kempe drop the gloves with with uh derek forbert last night i don't think we want to see him doing that Jeez. so we need yeah we need to have Brendan Lemieux or some kind of physical presence in the lineup to replace um, Lemieux. And I think Carl Grunstrom is a good, uh, good replacement for him. You know, I want to bring that up too. Sorry, just real quick, Scott, on Kempe. It initially looked like he did not want to get involved in that fight because he's like, I need need to stay here for overtime. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You know, when I was watching it, you know what? Those linesmen could have jumped in a little bit sooner when they were just kind of wrestling with each other. But that's besides the point. All I'm going to say is this. Derek Forbert continues to haunt this franchise. <laughs> yeah, it, it, All right, come on. <laughs> I, have, I, I initially thought I didn't really see the fight kind of start. I don't know if they really showed it, but I initially thought it was going to be an instigator because you think about it, like Derek yeah. Forbert isn't going to step foot on the ice during the overtime. Adrian yeah. Kempe starts the overtime yeah. for the Kings. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of Derek Forbert for the, the Bruins, it was just a, a good idea for him to try to ruffle up some feathers with Kempe and try to get him off the ice, and that's – pretty much what he did. It looked like Kempe was kind of willing to do it too. And, and I've seen, I've heard a lot of people say they, Oh, F Derek Forbert, like he's a, he's a menace, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, him and Kempe were kind of chatting it up a little bit in the box, kind of talking about it. They're former teammates. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure there's no love lost there, but yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting to see Kempe drop the gloves and, and go at it with the, the former teammate of his. Yeah. And take him off the ice for the rest of the overtime, which they didn't <laughs> need him. So didn't need him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyways, a guy that we will need going forward and hopefully doesn't miss too much time, Victor Arvidsson. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's going to be a little more tricky. That's a bit more tricky. I don't see anybody on the current roster that's going to bring at least his offensive skill set. So, guys, who are we looking at from Ontario that could come up and I don't want to say necessarily replace Victor Arvidsson, but maybe hold the fort down until he gets back. 
Well, there's another player that has two S's consecutive in his name that just got recalled today. So I think Elias Anderson might be the answer. Um, I mean, yeah, he's not going to bring that kind of offensive capabilities that Victor Arvidsson can um, to the Kings. I mean, really, who who can replace Victor Arvidsson? I mean, he's a shooting shooting hog. He just loves to shoot the puck. So no one else on the Kings has, shoots as much as he does. So it's kind of a hard shoot to fill. It, it was tough to see his him go down because, I mean, you look at the lineup – there's a lot of or changing that has been going on in terms of the first, third, and fourth lines. I mean, or the fourth line has been going doing good, but the second line with Deneau, Moore, and Arvidsson was really the backbone of the Kings' offense. And to see a player go down and see Arvidsson go down and have to add another player there, it was just it hurts a little bit. But um, we, I think we saw Athens U there last night. He looks pretty good, so maybe we see him there. But Leas Anderson possibly could take a lineup spot. And maybe he's, I mean, he's been scoring goals in Ontario. He's been the AHL Gretzky pretty much. So <laughs> I think he might be a good uh, possibility. What about you, Russ? Or I mean, I'm sorry, Ryan. You know who else likes to shoot the puck? Gabe Velarde. What does this guy have to do to get a call up? <laughs> he's got 15 goals, 22 assists with the rain. He's shooting the puck at a 20% clip. He's moved to the wing. Let's see it. I don't get it. I mean, I don't. I've been less than impressed with Leah Sanderson. Um, I, I understand that he was drafted four spots ahead of Gabe Velarde, but I just think Gabe offers a little more than you know what we've seen from Leah Sanderson at the NHL level. Yeah, I think it's because yeah, like like you just said, it's because we've seen Leah Sanderson time and time again. He's he's had the opportunities it seems like, but Gabe Velarde. He, yeah, he had the full season last year where he was kind of thrown into the the fire pretty much as a second line center, maybe a little bit prematurely. Mm-hmm. But this year, he only had I think four games and then was kind of and sent back down. That was seven, then he was a healthy scratch for the eighth, and then sent back down. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's tough because yeah, there's Kings Twitter is hounding for the Kings to call up Gabe Velarde. And it's been hard because, yeah, they've been winning games. So you, you don't really want to change the lineup that much when you're a team that's winning games. I, I get that. But now with the injury bug is kind of hampering the Kings, yeah, maybe he should get a call and see what he can do in the NHL since he's been able to develop on the wing with Ontario. The only thing that kind of I'm kind of skeptical about is what what if he does come up and he does, doesn't do well? I was just thinking yeah. that. What, I mean, Trade what happens you. then? Do you, do you send him back down? I mean, it's just like a back and forth that the Kings would have to do just until he's able to develop fully for until a full NHL, which I think he eventually will do become. Because, I mean, this, we've seen the skill set. The skills are there. I mean, he's a great player. But I think this back and forth with him going to the Kings it w- would be tough for his development. Just keep him with Ontario. through. If he stays with Ontario throughout the year, I don't think that's the worst thing. Give him Calder Cup playoff experience. Have him he's playing with players like Martin for TJ Tynan who are helping him develop the game and learn a little bit. I mean, Brett Sutter has been a great captain for him, I think, too, and a leader for him in terms of his development. And so he's gaining chemistry with future Kings too. So maybe that might be the best place for him. Oh yeah, and, and the reason I just said trade value is because obviously we well, we're gonna bring it up again. For the fifth episode in a row, Jacob Chikrin, right? <laughs> Gabe Velarde was mentioned, one of the big names in that Arizona will be interested in. And I think there's a lot to be said for that, Russ, because if he does come up and it doesn't go so well, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it would significantly decrease his trade value, but 
it's something else you have to think about. And I just wanted to get that in after I just so rudely cut Ryan off. So. No, that's okay. I mean, the other side of the coin is, you know, do they need to call up anyone else? Why not just let Athanasiu play on the second line? Yeah, he's, exactly. He still fulfills the role of uh, the needing to fill out the initials for the mad line. Um, <laughs> and he's been scoring, you know, at will. You know what? Here, here's my thought on that. So the fourth line has been outstanding, right? Lemieux, Lazat, Kaliev. Well, Lemieux's out. Yeah. So you're already missing one-third of that line. I would actually kind of like to see Arthur Kaliev get moved up in the lineup, give him a shot up there, and then maybe rework the fourth line a little bit. To, because let's face it, on the Kings, they're kind of like the Islanders West. I mean, they're not a team that's going to take their fourth line and say you're only going to play eight minutes. You're going to get playing time. Mm-hmm. So why not put Kelly up, up on the second line, bring somebody like an Athens to see you down, or if you're going to like Leas Anderson, right? It'd be a perfect spot for him down on that line, get him acclimated back to the NHL or whoever they decide they're going to bring up. So the options are available. There's no doubt about that. Um, but we're going to have to see what's, uh, what's in the mind of Rob Blake and uh, Todd McClellan. So, but, I mean, it is interesting because I, I wonder – Leas was sent down for a conditioning stint, so to speak. What if he's a healthy scratch on Thursday? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is this you, an extra body? The Kings, I mean, you're coming off a win. Do you change the lineup right. that much? I mean, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's, I don't think you do. I mean, as much the the one thing I will say, I, as much as I love Jared Anderson Dolan's game, he's not a first line uh, player. I mean just to have him kind of there is almost just kind of filling that spot really. I mean, I think the biggest thing, I think the biggest move I think the Kings should make is switching out him and Kaliev. I mean, if you're going to roll with players that we're playing games with a, a little bit of an injury bug right now, why not try that out for a little bit? See what Kempe, Kobotar and Kaliev can do together. I mean, Athanasio on the second line makes a little bit of sense. I mean, if we remember early in the year, I have followed Deneau and Athanasiu was an, an amazing line for yeah. the Kings at the beginning of the season. So maybe bring back a little bit of that chemistry with Trevor Moore now in that spot. I just, I still don't really get having Alex Iafalo on the third line. Or is that a message? Do you guys think that's a message to him? Is it a message uh, to maybe try to, is it trying to wake up Quentin Byfield or bring his, his game up a little bit? What do, what do you think, Scott? I think it's actually more maybe to help Quentin Byfield. Uh, because, I mean, honestly, I mean, everybody loves Alex Iafalo and everybody loves his game, but everybody has also said, including us, that, you know, he's, he's just, he's not going to be your permanent first line left winger going into the next four or five, yeah. six, seven years, right? Mm-hmm. So use this opportunity to maybe put him in a spot where he can help out as somebody like a Quentin Byfield, because let's face it, Anze Kopitar does not need help. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's, <laughs> he is Anze Kopitar. Um, I, I don't think that there's really any kind of a, a message to be sent to him there. I think that it's more of a maybe get him in a spot where he's more accurate or it's going to be better for his skill set, right? And if you can do that while helping out your budding superstar eventually, then you've just killed two birds, one stone. Yeah, what do you think, Ryan? You're going to say something? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's more of a place to put them because they didn't want to break up the mad line. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, not going to break that line up just so I follow as second line minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And 
like you said, Scott, we've talked about this on end that it, when the Kings are perennial Stanley Cup contenders, I follow isn't going to be playing on the first line. I mean, and I think in the future to have him as a, a wing with Quentin Byfield, man, that's perfect. I think that's a great spot for him. If you have that Dano, uh, more Arvidsson line in the playoffs, I mean, to have Quentin Byfield playing with uh, Alex Iafalo and then uh, we'll talk about, we talk about Dustin Brown. I mean, he's kind of there too, but. I mean, that's a pretty good third line to have going into the playoffs. But the thing is, is you're losing some skill on the top line. But does that open up a spot for a trade, maybe for like a Philip Forsberg? I mean, because if you trade for Forsberg and slot him in right there with Kopitar and Kempion, geez, I mean, that's exactly what the Kings need. I mean, that's all... (laughs) All yeah. of my problems pretty <laughs> much. going forward. But, yeah, I mean, it's just opening. It's just kind of – you're kind of – was it robbing Peter to pay Paul is what they say? I mean, you're just kind of right. – you're taking a little bit of the problems from the third line and pushing, putting them on the first line. So, we'll see what happens with the team going forward in the lineup. Yeah, I think there, there's absolutely a lot to be said for that. And, I, and we're going to talk about the trade deadline going forward in another episode, of course. We're not going to get too far into it today. But just as a little primer, I do think that the Kings will do something at the trade deadline. You know, I keep hearing some saying, ah, they're going to stand pat. You know what? It's just something that just seems to be shaking up. For the well, move. I'll say from our last episode, if the injuries on the roster linger for another week or so, you're not trading Athens to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not trading any of the other passengers that you could probably – would have had the opportunity if everyone was healthy. Yeah, he's he's definitely played. It's hard, though, because, I mean, I'm sure there are teams out there that would probably pay a hefty price, maybe a third, maybe even second, second round, round for right? after yeah. the CU. I mean, you see, you look at his his uh, career. I mean, he's just got a 30-goal goal score title next to his name. So that's something that a lot of playoff teams – that are maybe desperate for scoring are going to be looking for in terms of needing some depth scoring. I think, but if the Kings are fully healthy, it's hard to find a spot for Athanasiu on the lineup when they were rolling, but the way he's been playing, he's playing himself into a role with the team for the rest of the year. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. And of course, now that that fourth round pick became a third round pick in the Carter trade, I don't think we can look at Pittsburgh because I think we've pretty much taken everything from them. But, yeah, that's going to be a fun conversation. I think maybe next week we'll talk about the trade deadline a little bit. I will, I will say I will say that Boston win last night was up there with the Pittsburgh win for me this season. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe above it. Yeah. Is it me, though, guys, or is it every time that the Kings play in Boston now, I still can't help but think about Tyler Toffoli's goal with points. Yes. I just can't yeah. help it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of the greatest goals in Kings history. That's crazy. I know. It's just it's embedded in every Kings mind. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things, you know, if you're, if you're having a down day, you think about that, it puts a smile on your face. <laughs> Even if just for a few minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of transitioning from face-offs to quick goals, you know, how how vital was it for Philip to know to win that face-off with Oof. under 30 seconds left? It goes yeah. Kopitar up to Jersey, over to Kaliev, fires it on. It looks like it hit a bunch of traffic in front of net yeah. and landed right in front of Trevor Moore. Yeah, it's it's – that's why they got him. Exactly. I mean, and he doesn't go in the box score, but I mean, if he doesn't win that faceoff, then the Kings don't score pretty much. Right. I mean, well, well, maybe, but yeah, the Kings don't score that goal. I mean, that's just, it, it was great to see the players that McClellan had on the ice in the final minute of the game. I think right as they pulled the goalie, I think it was like Kaliev, Lazat, Mata, 
Deneau, all these all the secondary players that really earned that playing time at the end of the at the end of the game because of the way they've been playing throughout the the game. Um, I think we got to talk a lot more about Blake Lazat and the impact that he's made on this lineup. I mean, night in and night out with everything that the Kings have gone through all year, he's just been consistently driving play on the fourth line. And yeah, we've, I've, I mean, I'll be the first one to say I've ragged on him a bit in past years, been critical of his game. I mean, but we're starting to see him develop into a really viable option for the Kings on the bottom six. And I think we have to start talking about him being a part of the future of this team too. Yeah. I think that that's a valid point actually. And you want to talk about somebody we talked about a little bit earlier about if Alex Iafalo be sent to the third third line was a message. I think uh, Blake Lazat took all the preseason message and ran with it, right? Because mm-hmm. really, Definitely. let's be honest, nobody gave him a chance of making this team. No, actually, Joe, our writer Joe did. He said he should. He's a perfect fourth line center. So give all the credit to Joe. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone talked to Joe and mentioned how great of a <laughs> prediction that was. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, good for Joe. That's awesome. That is awesome. Oh boy. So guys, we got, uh, we got some games coming up here. Let's take a look ahead at the schedule. Uh, Thursday, the San Jose Sharks come to town. Mm-hmm. Um, San Jose isn't having the greatest season in the world, but you know what? Pacific division games are are never an easy given win. Uh, so they're going to have to be on their toes because of course the Sharks are a hated rival as well. <laughs> and then a couple of nights later, they go up to the shark tank. And then after the day after, I think it's uh, Saturday, right? Saturday or Sunday? I got to look. It's Sunday. It's Thursday, Saturday, and then Sunday. Oh, I got my days all mixed. It was all that That's travel right. I did yesterday. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> so anyways, Sunday night, then the schedule starts getting really rough because the Florida Panthers come to town and then followed a couple of nights later by the Colorado Avalanche coming to town. Mm-hmm. So I don't really want to say that the San Jose games are must-win games. But I think they got to get points out of those games, at yeah. least you know at least one in each at a very minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't leave points on the board there, because yeah. And I, I will tell you, it's the, the funny thing about the Kings, and I told you I wasn't going to mention last week's game, and I'm not going to. But take away the game that we weren't going to talk about anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> and they seem to play okay against teams that are you know maybe above them in the standings. So obviously it's not you know a given, and we, we honestly, guys, as Kings fans, we don't think that way anymore, because going into every game now, we think that this team can win. Mm-hmm. I don't care mm-hmm. who's playing, <clears throat> but let's just be honest. I mean, San Jose is a little bit lower of a caliber than a Florida or a Colorado, but I will say I am looking forward to these Florida and Colorado games because it's going to be a real litmus test about where this team is. Yeah, I don't think it would be surprising to say that the Kings have always been a team that plays to their competition. I mean, you or down. Yeah, yeah, up or down, exactly. And I think with this, when whenever we, the Kings end up playing the Sharks, it always seems with the Sharks how they've been the last couple of years, it always seems like they play down to that competition. And you're just kind of hoping that they can ride this momentum that they've gained in these last couple of games on the road trip, um, at coming back home, and this the injury bug isn't as severe as it has been. Um, so if they are able to get the players back and maybe stay healthy and and um, go into this next couple of games against San Jose. I think, yeah, like you like you mentioned, Scott, they have to come away with a victory in one of them at least, at least, and get two points out of these next two games. Because yeah, after that, you have two my two picks to go to the Stanley Cup coming into Crypto.com with uh, Florida and Colorado coming right after that. So it's going to be a tough test to the rest of March because 
Um, I think they have three out of the next five games against San Jose. Yeah, and, and then you, Vegas on the tail end of that. Yeah, then you right. go into Vegas, then you're at home against Nashville, and we saw how the Kings played against Nashville. That's another going to be another tough game. So they have a pretty tough march, and it's going to be a, a long slog, and to see how they go leading up to the deadline too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's some games in there against the Oilers as well when I looked ahead. Uh, yeah, on the 30th. Uh, wait, guys, do we know if Timo Meyer will be traded before Thursday? God, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we got to be the third team just to facilitate it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But, you know, I'll tell you, I am actually looking forward to, like, those Edmonton games and Nashville games as well because, you know what, this is where the Kings can really solidify their playoff spot too. Think about it. You you do well against the Oilers. You win those, you know, forget a three-point game. You win those games in regulation. And now you have pretty much put anybody or a team that, you know, was a potential that could have caught you in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. For our football <laughs> fans out there, Denver just acquired Russell Wilson from Seattle. That's kind of Whoa. interesting. No little Whoa. sidebar. Sorry, that just came across my timeline. That was pretty. Made it onto the podcast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we're crossover. We're crossover here. At yeah. Well, I'll tell you, as a Rams fan, that makes me very happy. So, what a, what a great weekend this has been. So far. a lot of movement and money going out in the NFL. Scott, it's Tuesday. <laughs> well, I'm still on weekend mode though. <laughs> It was all that traveling I did. I'm just giving you crap. That's all. No, believe me, that's mild. My life. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, well, guys, this has been fun. Any closing thoughts? No, uh, feeling, feeling good. Feeling good and watching the Kings play hockey. I mean, not much more else you can say. It's been a, a fun team to watch this year, and it's finally good to see uh, some quality hockey being played in L.A. Absolutely. Absolutely. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, all last night during the game, you know, it was never a point where I thought the Kings were going to lose that. And I even pointed to Cal Peterson's saves at like five minutes into the third period. I was like, oh, remember those? If the Kings have, end up winning this one, mm-hmm. you know, last year I wouldn't have said that. No, <laughs> no not mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not at all. So good times, good times. Let's hope they continue on through the rest of the week. Absolutely. So I think that's all we got. So if you get a minute, not only do you want to listen to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, but take a listen to Making It Rain. It's everything you want to know about the AHL Little Brothers down in Ontario. So Yeah, they're doing pretty good, too. Yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And as always, you can check out HockeyRoyalty.com every day for Rain and Kings news and opinions and analysis and, and everything you want to have as far as the Kings world. And, of course, we thank you for listening. We thank you for all the support with the website on social medias, uh, which you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok, YouTube, the whole works. Wherever you want to go to social media, Hockey Royalty is there. So, anyways, for Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kimville. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Hockey Royalty Podcast. Go Kings, go. Go Kings.